Radio. The Journey with Dave and Dodsey, an initiative of the Catholic Diocese of Wollongong and Pulse 94.1. It's now time for The Journey with Dodsey and Dave. G'day and welcome to The Journey on Pulse 94.1. I'm Dave. And I'm Dodsey. Great to see you once again, Dodsey. What's happening? Mate, great time of the year, actually. Test cricket, the Ashes once again. Loving it. Yeah, I love it. Hey, remember when, this is day four now, but remember when they used to have a rest day? I don't think I'm old enough. I've heard of that happening, but maybe you could fill us in. Well, back in the 70s and 80s, when England used to come out, they used to play the Ashes, they'd play it for three days and then they'd have a day off. Too tired. You wouldn't want to lose interest. Before we go any further, I hear we have a birthday boy in the studio, oh. and it isn't yours truly. Wait, yes, look, it was my birthday on Friday, okay? I got heaps of great presents. I got a fishing rod, and a cobra, got taken out to dinner. Da, 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 yeah. da, da. <laughs> and straight after the show, we're going to have a barbecue with the family. Look, the older I get, the more thankful I am for just having the gift of life that I've been given for my birthday. And look, I just want to say hi to anyone who's had a birthday lately or recently. And if you love celebrating birthdays, grab your diary and mark in the 25th of December. It's going to be huge. Speaking of huge, what's coming up on the show today, Dave? Uh, Dodsey, we've got Gospel Reflections with Father Richard Healy. Also the lovely, the delightful Sister Hilda Scott. Bruce Downs, the Catholic guy. Dr. Byron and Fran Parola. Trish McCarthy and also Pete Gilmore. They're our regular segments. And we've got heaps of great music on the show today too. And a top little interview with a bunch of young pilgrims that went out to World Youth Day earlier in the year. Yeah, beauty Dodsy, let's get into it. First up, we've got some insights into this Sunday's Gospel reading with Father Richard Healy from Camden. It's The Journey on Pulse 94.1. Here's this week's Reflection on the Gospel. Today, we come to the end of the year, final day in what is called the liturgical year, as we celebrate the great feast of Christ the King. But the gospel today helps us to keep our eyes focused very sharply on what Jesus as King is really going to mean and look like. The scene that is presented to us is that simultaneously dark, dreadful, and yet glorious day of the crucifixion of Jesus presented in the Gospel of Luke, chapter 23. The cross was a terrible symbol of human cruelty and destruction that was the pride of the Roman Empire. The irony that it is on the cross that Jesus truly became their King is not lost on the early church. They knew all the prophecies and the rich scriptural heritage that had remembered that King David, that man after God's own heart, and the truest and greatest of the kings of Israel, had been a mere shepherd boy. So it is on the cross that Jesus bears the sins of all the sheep in his care. He also bears the many taunts and jeers of the criminals and soldiers who mercilessly mock and abuse him. It is at this point that St. Luke offers a unique remembrance. One of the criminals chooses not to join the rest of the crowd comes to the defense of Jesus, reminding the others that he deserved the punishment that he received, but Jesus has done nothing wrong, nothing to deserve this treatment. He then cries out in words that have been often repeated and often sung as he addresses this great shepherd king with shocking familiarity, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. The words remain an invitation to all of us to do the same, to approach the great and holy King Jesus with equally shocking familiarity and cry out to Him with our deepest and most personal needs. For that is all it takes to receive the same reassurance as the good criminal received. Indeed, I promise you, today you will be with me in paradise. Grace and peace. This is Father Richard Healy from St. Paul's in Camden. And now, inspiring you to dream, here's Bruce Downs, 
the Catholic guy. Do you ever wake up and know that it's just going to be one of those days? Your thoughts are already filled with dread about the day and you wonder how the heck you're going to get through. You check your emails and they confirm your dread. One of your children comes to you deeply upset and needing your 100% attention. All that before a cup of coffee. Sometimes in our lives we can have those difficult days. Days when we don't feel able to cope with our circumstances or to do the things we need to do. As Christians, we must learn to appreciate those difficult days. Rather than being deterred by challenges along the way, could they stimulate us? As we journey with Christ through rough terrain, we can have real confidence because we know that together with Christ, we can handle anything. We just forget this time and time again. We can know this through three things. Firstly, our relationship with Jesus. When we walk daily with Christ, every experience is shared and we learn to trust Him with our whole lives. Secondly, the promises we read in the Bible. In Isaiah 41.10 it says, So do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I'll strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. The scriptures are filled with example of God's promise to be with us through everything. And thirdly, when we remember and reflect on our past experiences, we know that we have coped successfully during hard times. When we look back at our lives, we can see how Christ has helped us through the difficult days. If we're tempted to think, yes, but that was then and this is now, we just have to remember who God is. Though I might change and my circumstances might change dramatically, God remains the same throughout all of time and eternity. This can be the basis of our confidence so that we can get through even the worst of our days. Why don't you join me at thecatholicguy.com and remember, I want you to know that God is never far from you. Welcome back to The Journey on Pulse 94.1. We just heard there from the Catholic guy Bruce Downs with a great message on trusting God, especially on those difficult days we all get thrown our way. Here's a great opportunity for young people to come together for some great days of formation at the annual Eyewitness Retreat. It's going to be held at Stanwell Tops Conference Centre Thursday to Sunday. The dates being the 12th of December up until the 15th of December 2013. Just go to all the w's. That's lifetothefull.com.au. You're listening to The Journey with Dave and Dodsey from the Catholic Diocese of Wollongong on cradio.org.au. Here's Sister Hilda with Wisdom from the Abbey. Father Ed Farrell, in a book that's probably not available anymore, it was called Prayer is a Hunger, gave us an instance from his own life, always the, the best way to hear something. As a seminarian training for the priesthood, he'd been playing football with his classmates and he broke his leg. That meant that he ended up doing a stint in the infirmary of the college. His mother came to see him and he said it was the first time that he'd ever been still enough, because he couldn't move, to look into her eyes. There was something terribly familiar about them and he couldn't figure out what it was. It was only after she left that it finally came to him. They were his eyes. No wonder they were so familiar. When you and I finally get to meet God, won't we find something terribly familiar about his eyes as well? Perhaps at long last we'll recognise the eyes that have been riveted on us forever. Perhaps we'll recognise the face 
that has looked for us forever. The face that, even as you're listening to this program, is searching you for signs of recognition. In the psalm we read, It is your face, O Lord, that I seek. Hide not your face. Wouldn't you like to see two eyes that look at you the way nobody else does? Wouldn't you like to read in those eyes incredible understanding and compassion? Wouldn't you like to see those eyes light up at the mention of your name? Because they do, you know. There's something else. God also says, Fiona, Keith, Ian, it's your face that I seek. Hide not your face. Let me look deeply into your eyes. I seek no others. Let me see your eyes light up at the mention of my name. Let me see those eyes sparkle with tears when you remember where you and I have been in your life. And do we hear this? How do we know that it's true? Well, it can start right now. Close your eyes and tell God that you love him and keep doing it off and on for the rest of the day and tomorrow and the next day you will begin to see his eyes beaming out at you in everything that happens to you. And when your days are finished on this earth, you will indeed look into that dear, dear face and recognise the eyes that are your own. What a great simple message, being known by God and feeling comfortable with our Father's gaze. Just love listening to Sister Hilda. She's so peaceful. No wonder people love listening to her message each week. It's great to have her on board. Yep, she's really easy to listen to, that's for sure. Now, we've got a great interview coming up, Dave. Actually, it's a bit of a collage, mate. Segments of interviews that our producer Jude Hennessy did with some of the young adults lucky enough to head over to Rio for World Youth Day earlier this year. Yeah, Dodsey, I've heard some great stories about some of the young people that were there. Just can't wait to hear the interview, mate. Mm. Let's get into it. I'm here with Ken Bryant from the Catholic Education Office and earlier this year Ken took a group of young people across to Rio for World Youth Day. Ken, thanks for being with us on the journey today. Lovely to be here, Jude. Good to see you. Ken, what was it like taking a bunch of young people across to, to World Youth Day? What was the experience like for you? Jude, it was an extraordinary experience. They've got a few years on me, but um, or I have a few years on them, I should say. But uh, look, their enthusiasm, their commitment to their faith, it's infectious and it, it, it leads you into a greater awareness of your own faith. So it was a great experience. Ken, for yourself, what would be a lasting memory that you'll take away from the experience of, of Rio World Youth Day 2013? Gee, there were so many memories um, and so many lasting ones, but the one that probably stays with me and the one I'll mention is when we gather with 3.5 million people on, on Copacabana Beach at Rio, and to have 3.5 million people sharing the one faith and the one celebration of their life in the Lord, that was exceptional. And, uh, yeah, you can't beat that. I'm here with Sophie Willis now from Nara, and Sophie's a teacher at St John the Evangelist at Nara, and she went to World Youth Day earlier this year. G'day, Sophie. How are you going? I'm good, thanks. How are you? Yeah, real well, real well. What was it like? It was awesome. Yeah, what stands out for you as a, as a key memory that will just stick with you about World Youth Day? Um, probably the people, so the people from Brazil yeah. and yeah. the way they were just so willing to help. We got lost a few times and they took us back in the right direction. And then just their 
passion for the Pope. I don't think I've seen anything like it. Pope Francis. Yeah. Yeah, it was a new and exciting time, wasn't yeah. it, having Pope Francis there? Yeah. I'm here with James Arblaster, and James is from Albion Park. G'day, James. Thanks for joining us on the journey. No, thanks, Jude. Mate, what do you do? Um, I'm a student, so I'm a fifth-year law and international studies student at the University of Wollongong. Fantastic, mate. You went across to World Youth Day earlier this year. Um, in summary, listen, what's going to stand out for you as, as, a, as a huge memory? <sighs> to be honest, there, there are so many standout moments it's such a mountaintop experience the whole thing um i do have to say that celebrating mass or even just kneeling in adoration in silence with 3.5 million people on that final mass Mm. it was probably one of the the highlights of my my life not just the pilgrimage worshipping with 3.7 million people on the beach that's um that's going to be something that's hard to forget, yeah (laughs) it's it's definitely unique even in uh, this is my third world youth day yeah and this, the one with Rio, the one with Pope Francis, really stood out because you could just tell the style was different. He interacted so much more. I think for the first time, it really drove home the message, not just in the liturgy, um, but through the person, Pope Francis, that as a leader, I was really excited to listen to everything he had to say about young people being involved in building the church. Yeah, fantastic. Listen, in terms of your attitude and understanding of what it means to be church, how did the experience of being with so many people from so many different cultures have an impact on your, on your understanding of church? One moment really stood out, I suppose, which emphasised the universality of the church was when Pope Francis asked that all the, all the um, national flags be lowered in respect for the Eucharist. And when they did that, and we all lowered the flags and people took off their, their you know, flag hats and everything else, and we were all just there as one nation in many different languages, yeah. um, one across exactly encountering Mate. encountering God. That's powerful. That's powerful. Thanks, James. No worries. Thank you, Jude. I'm here with David Tobin. David, thanks for being with us on the journey. No worries. What do you do, mate? Uh, I study business, majoring in accounting studies. Dave, people go to things like this and they have a big impact upon their lives at the time. Give us an understanding about how this has changed you. Now you've, I suppose, come down from the mountaintop experience and you're back into daily life here in Australia. What's the impact of World Youth Day been on, on the way you engage with your faith life every day? It's amazing how, you know, when the whole world comes together, the community aspect of it will always be retained within you. Mm. Uh, so within my local community, I've always stayed closer to the friends I went with and I've developed, especially with street outreach programs, helping the homeless, working alongside with others to help develop spirituality, especially as well in youth ministry. Yeah, so there's that practical connection with other people that's come out of being part of, and yeah. I suppose, an international community gathering. Yeah. Okay. Mate, what about your um, what about your daily walk with Christ and your prayerfulness? Has it had an impact on that? Yeah, it's um, definitely increased my spirituality. There's moments where you just sit down and reflect. Um, on the trip, we went via Iguazu Falls, these majestic rivers um, and waterfalls, just on the Brazilian Argentinian border. Mm. And you just look at it and you're like, "There's there's no other option. This has to be. You know, no, this can't just have happened. It had to be designed and planned." Yeah, that's one of the great things about travel, isn't it? You get to see, I suppose, the the beauty of our world and just um, come to an understanding of the the greatness of God as as creator. That's that's for sure incredible. Thanks, Dave. No worries. I'm here with Nicole Hogan, and Nicole's a teacher out at John Terry. Catholic High School out at Rosemeadow. How are you going? Good, thank you. So, Nicole, coming back into the classroom in a school setting, how will what you've experienced at World Youth Day um, enhance the way you engage young people in their faith? Coming back from World Youth Day, I want to really give students the opportunity to experience prayer in a range of different settings, but really get that spiritual connection um, that we were able to get through World Youth Day. I'm here with Marie Partridge. Marie, thanks for joining us on the journey. Thanks. We're very happy to be here.
Listen, what do you do? Um, I'm a visual arts and religion teacher at Magdalene Catholic High School. That's out at Camden Way, is it? Yeah, at Nina Rellin in Smitten Grange. What was it like to go to World Youth Day? Oh, absolutely phenomenal. It was just this all-encompassing yeah. um, host of faith here. Yeah, it was beautiful. Fantastic. Hey, you're a teacher in yep. Catholic schools, and um, I mean... In a particular way, in Catholic schools, you're charged with that mission of making Christ known and loved mm-hmm. in the hearts and minds of young people. How does um, going to World Youth Day and having an experience like you did have an impact upon what you bring to the classroom? I think it's really strengthened my faith. Um, faith, it, you have to be evangelised in order to evangelise others, and it's really strengthened and zoned in on my own faith to bring that into the classroom. Maria, how's an experience like World Youth Day going to change the way you you have young people engage with the person of Christ? Well, Judy, it's allowed me to give my students that I teach in my classrooms the opportunity to experience prayer, um, to make it more of an authentic, prayerful um, formation for them and to take that into their own lives. Joined now by James Edwards. James, where are you from? I am from Melbourne. James, what's going to stand out in your memory about World Youth Day? Um, Well, this was my, my third World Youth Day and this was a very different one, I think, the, the vibe that the, the Latin American people brought to it was spectacular and you just felt so comfortable there and it was definitely the most professional youth day I think I've been a part of like it was just amazing James you've been on three world youth days that means you're a world youth day junkie <laughs> coming back from this one what's changed about you because of the experience world youth day is a funny thing it's always that kind of top of the mountain experience and you always come back down and you hope that you're at a higher place than where you started off so I think though with this one it's um, a real sense of enthusiasm for the church and for my faith and for and bringing that back for young people and getting them really excited about it again. Wow! Sounds like an amazing experience for all those who attended. Wish I'd have been there. Yeah, great stories, Dodsey. What I like is that it is having an impact for renewal and change in their daily lives. Yeah, look, that did come across, didn't it, mate? It was a mountaintop experience for sure, but it sounds like it's really brought these people to a renewed commitment to prayer and a daily walk with Jesus. And some of those teachers sound really fired up to share their faith in new ways with the kids they teach. You're listening to The Journey on cradio.org.au. And now it's time for Milk and Honey with Trish McCarthy. As I flick through the scriptures, something that always draws my attention is the focus on various foods. Why would such a thing be highlighted throughout the stories? The thing I'm drawn to most is the simplicity of the meals shared by Jesus and his disciples. Fish, bread, honey, fruit and nuts... Wine, water, herbs and spices, meat, vegetables, this all sounds delicious, and all things that come from the natural earth. When compared to the food available to us today, it is evident that for the majority, we are not eating life-giving natural food, but man-made food-like products. This is an important distinction, because at the most basic level, our cells need certain things to survive and thrive. These things are found in the natural foods we eat. And if these needs are not met, our cells will continue to crave them, or be hungry if you like, until they get what they need to function effectively. Ever notice the difference you feel between polishing off a box of fried, oily, dried out chicken to a delicious warm beef Mediterranean salad with scintillating colour and bursts of flavour? It would be interesting to see if for a given period of time, say one day, three days, or one week, we can switch off to advertising, listen to your body, and make choices based on what you need rather than what you hear about. 
or are told you need, like a fast, convenient family dinner pack. I guarantee there would be a marked difference in the way you feel and experience life. So why not have a go today? And now with their tips for vibrant marriages and family life, here's Byron and Francine Parola with Smart Loving. Have you ever been puzzled by the other sex? Wondered how to reach them? Or have been frustrated by a misunderstanding? Chances are that you're bumping up against one of the fundamental differences in the way men and women experience love. Hi, we're Francine and Byron Parola from Smart Loving, and today we're talking about some important differences between men and women. While everybody experiences love uniquely, some clear gender patterns have emerged through relationship research. In one study, conducted by Shanti Feldheim, when given the option between the negative choices of being either alone and unloved in all the world, or inadequate and disrespected by everybody, 74% of men preferred to be alone and unloved compared to only a minority of women. Further inquiry suggests that this gender pattern is relevant to how men and women experience love and connection. Women appear to primarily experience love and connection through the expression of cherishment, gestures of care and tenderness, intimate conversation, attentiveness, personal affection and closeness, selfless acts of service and protectiveness. On the other hand, men have a bias towards love expressed as respect. This can take the form of admiration, deference, valuing his opinion, giving him the benefit of the doubt or even following his lead. Now obviously women want respect also, just as men want to be cherished. However, the important insight here is that while both respect and cherishment are important to both men and women, one is usually more important than the other. That is, men and women generally have different, dominant ways of experiencing love. It's a bit like being right or left-handed. The construction of the research question itself is also instructive in providing further insight. The subjects were not asked if they preferred to be respected or cherished. They were asked what was preferable between the two negative and opposite choices of abandonment or disrespect. In other words, the gender bias is clearly evident in the absence of these expressions of love. This understanding is really helpful for married couples. Happiness in marriage is not simply about loving bigger and more generously in any haphazard way. It requires us to thoughtfully eliminate the biggest love busters, those behaviours that kill the joy and sense of connection for our spouse. For men, disrespect from his wife is a massive love buster. It drains his energy and crushes his confidence in relationship. For women, abandonment, be it emotional or physical, is more likely to be the top of the love busters. The absence of acts that indicate that he cherishes her can lead her to question her value and to feel antagonistic towards him. Of course, this is not a new insight. Almost 2,000 years ago, a certain St Paul was giving the similar advice. Each one of you must love, that is cherish, his wife as he loves himself, and let every wife respect her husband. That's from Ephesians 5.33. We're Byron and Francine Parola. For more tips on relationships, visit smartloving.org. You're listening to The Journey with Dave and Dodsey from the Catholic Diocese of Wollongong on cradio.org.au. Oh, it's great to have all these awesome presenters giving us simple messages for living each and every week, Dave. Now, if you're new to The Journey and you want to listen again to content from any of our presenters or you think someone else should hear some of the words of wisdom, uh, make a good Christmas present. 
just go to the Diocese of Wollongong website, that's radio.daw.org.au, or the Pulse website or Facebook us at the Journey Catholic Radio Show, which also has links to podcasts and past shows and a whole lot more. Coming up, Pete Gilmore with his segment Living the Gospel and a simple message on temple maintenance. Nice one, Pete. Love your work. It's The Journey on Pulse 94.1. Now let's live the gospel with Pete Gilmore. There's that story in the gospel where Jesus turned over a bunch of tables in the temple. People were able to make a tidy profit selling animals for sacrifice right there in the temple. Think of the convenience. Well, Jesus wasn't a fan and by all accounts he made a decent mess of their trade. This wasn't what the temple of God was meant to be used for. For us as Christians, we believe that we are temples of the Holy Spirit and that Jesus lives in us. Our lives, then, are the temple of God. Sometimes we have everything placed in our lives exactly how we like it, the good things and the bad things all nicely lined up, just where we put them. The question for us, then, is if Jesus were to come visit our temple, like he did in the Gospel, which tables would he upend? Which things, which tables would he say, well, this has no place in your life, Pete. This thing that you've gotten so used to, you don't need it. If the Holy Spirit lives in us, if Jesus lives in us, then we are called to holiness. Maybe your temple just needs a a dusting and, and maybe it needs a makeover. Let's take some time to do some temple maintenance this week. God bless. So what's coming up on the show next week, mate? As usual, Dodsey, a great show planned for next week. I am a little bit biased, I must say. We've got an interview with Sister Hilda. She's going to talk about a great opportunity to prepare for Christmas, really putting Jesus back at the centre of the season. It's not to be missed. Yeah, mate, she's terrific. And we've got all our regular inputs from our lineup of contributors, and that includes Sister Hilda, Bruce Downs, the Catholic guy, will be back again. The parolers get into some smart loving. Trish McCarthy tilts her head back and administers her milk and honey segment. And Pete Gilmore lives the gospel as always. Great stuff, Dodsey. Remember to spread the word about the journey. Sundays, 11 up until midday and repeated Wednesdays between 10 and 11 p.m. You can also visit the Wollongong Diocese website, radio.daw.org.au or the Pulse website. Or you can even Facebook us, The Journey Catholic Radio Show. That way you can listen to podcasts and past shows as well. And a big cheerio to Eunice from Unandera, who echoes the unanimous message of all the listeners who keep supporting us on email each week. And it looks like we're also going to get an interview with Bishop Peter Ingham in the next couple of weeks. That'll be pretty good. That's one to look forward to. Great to hear as well. Well, there's another show done and dusted. Until next time, have yourselves a great week. The Journey is produced by the Catholic Diocese of Wollongong in cooperation with Pulse 94.1 and edited by Jude Hennessy and Daniel Hopper from the Office of the Bishop. You have been listening to The Journey with Dave and Dodsey on cradio.org.au. You can listen in to The Journey in Wollongong by tuning in to Pulse 94.1 on Sundays from 11am to 12pm or Wednesdays from 10 to 11pm. And you can tune in from anywhere else in the world through the Pulse 94.1 website or streaming on Cradio on Sundays from 8 to 9pm. To find all the episodes of The Journey and for more shows, talks and interviews, visit cradio.org.au.